Welcome. This is ActiveSpirituality.life. It is a weekly forecast program with astrology and a guided meditation activation to help you make the most of your week. It's run by Pamela Cuchinell, that's me, the astrologer, and Susie Mazzoli, Master Healer. We invite you to find out more about our individual work, Susie Mazzoli, susiemazzoli-healer.com, or insightoasis.com for astrology. You can also find both of us at activespirituality.life, and we look forward to your joining us every week. Please share with your friends. Here we go. Welcome, everyone, to activespirituality.life with Pamela Cuchinell and me, Susie Masoli. Wow. Zooming through the year, we're already at the week 26th mark. Week 26, starting with June 26. Pam's going to let us know all about what's happening. And then um, I'll come back with a meditation. Thank you. Okay, here we are, the end of June. And we are in the waxing moon cycle. So waxing moon cycles are good times to be beginning product and projects, putting things in motion. <clears throat> And the thing we look for to augment that, support it, is good days. Now, when we get into Monday the 26th and the 27th, it's not that the days are bad necessarily, but depending on what your project is or what you're trying to create, there can feel as though there's a lot of pushback. And you may not notice it initially, for instance, on Monday the 26th, uh, the overall movement in the day can seem as though things are getting done, but it depends on how long-term whatever the project or plan is that you're actually doing. So with the moon in Libra, which we have Monday, Tuesday, these are Good days to tease out information, negotiate, mitigate, um, come to equilibrium if possible, devil's advocate, listen to other sides of a situation. And when we can do that, then we're able to work with the information we have in ideally a much more targeted way as we get deeper into this week. But if we actually shake hands or do anything contractual or agree on something on Monday or Tuesday, just know that someone may feel a bit pushed against the wall with whatever's been agreed upon. It could be you. It could be the other person involved. It may be working with uh, people in how you get things done and it may not show itself initially but I tell you this because when we think everything is going really smoothly and everybody's on the same page and then we find out that is not the fact it can be kind of well a rude awakening <laughs> or lead to different uh, difficulties or hurt feelings. Whereas if we 
realize that maybe we don't have all the information we need. And sometimes it's not intentional. In fairness to all players involved in all situations, because of the pictures in the sky, it may very well be that there is information that not everybody has yet. Uh, maybe something comes up. Uh, one of the people you thought you could rely on might suddenly find themselves in a situation that only they can uh, <clears throat> can work with or help with or be there for. And so it's not as though, oh, somebody has a nefarious plan here. It can also be that because of life, of things that come up, some sort of follow through or what was expected just doesn't go as planned. <clears throat> so the best way to address Monday, I'll focus first on Monday, is to realize that if somebody says, hey, I'll do that, to make sure you have a second or that there's a cushion in place for if this can't transpire or roll out the way everybody thinks it can on Monday. And it's not bad at all to fail safe things and have things in place if people can't follow through. And there's no shame in bringing that out in conversation. Hey, you know, I best of ten intentions, but I know that you're a single mom or you've got responsibilities with so-and-so and you don't even have to say that. But it's it's really better to kind of troubleshoot and have in your long distance view on Monday and on Tuesday if things do not go exactly as planned. So on Tuesday, same holds true, uh, may not be as obvious with what I was talking about on Monday. On Tuesday, it may be there seems to be more simpatico, like people like easier conversations about how things might go or how they might work. There might even be a possibility of money that comes in from certain resources that we can rely on in certain ways. But it, it really does you a great service. If you think in terms of what are the other paths or the other roads to take if there's a detour or something doesn't go exactly as anticipated. And this is actually a really good use of the Libra moon on Monday, Tuesday, because we can playfully almost or uh, in a very conversational way throw out possibilities of, well, yeah, if that doesn't go as planned, what might work? So Wednesday, the 28th, is when the moon changes signs. First, we have the void, of course, that happens at 4.19 a.m. And on the eastern time zone, which is what I always do the report on, so if you're not eastern time zone, you need to adjust. But on the eastern time zone, that's 4.19 a.m. And many people will be sleeping or just waking up, depending on their basic schedule. I guess some people will be coming home from work. 
but the moon enters Scorpio at 4.55 a.m. And once the moon enters Scorpio, it's interesting because Scorpio is a sign that some people have a little trouble with or see as being a bit um, secretive or ferocious or difficult to fathom or intense. But as always with when the moon is traveling, it so much depends on the pictures it makes with other planets as it's moving through the sky. Because in the case, for instance, of the Libra moon of the past couple of days, that actually was inviting in, not that it was saying, hey, come get me, but because of the picture in the sky, uh, it indicates that there will be some sort of um, power struggle or difficulty or something that comes up that will be more important or more pressing or demanding or the only choice available in spite of whatever was planned. Whereas, and people think, oh, Libra Moon, that's uh, convivial, people chatting, doing cultural things, all nice, intellectual pursuits, true, true, true. But it's also really necessary to see how that moon is dancing with the other planets as it moves through the sign, because that lets us know, is this a cooperative dance or is this uh, like a place where you have to watch yourself <laughs> because of who's on the dance floor? So once the moon enters the sign of Scorpio, curiously enough, it actually is a day of great flow. And I always see the positives in all the signs and the negatives in all the signs, actually. So whether it's bad or good or strong, uh, positive or negative, I mean, a lot depends on how you as a person relate to the energy where the moon is traveling through your own personal horoscope. But these are planetary weather um, pieces that I give when I give the forecast so that there's a truism for everyone on the days that I talk about. But when you know your horoscope, then you can also know, oh, okay, that's what that means. And I, for instance, if you are a Libra with the days I was talking about, it might be a time when you are feeling a lot of more intensity than you usually do because of where Pluto is in the sky and how it engages with that moon sign as it travels, but whatever's going on with your personal sun sign. So, okay, enough of that. So once the moon enters Scorpio <laughs> at 4.55 a.m. Eastern time on the 28th, I think this is a lovely day. The only piece about today that must be uh, mentioned is that there's a very full buffet table, which means that there's a lot going on. And you can feel very in flow with the day, especially water and earth signs probably will feel very in flow with this person, specific day. 
things just kind of easily coming together, connections making and being made, uh, people showing up to following through with what they said they was they were going to do. But because there's so much that may be going on for some of us, it's really important in the morning that you prioritize. What is it that you must do this day? Because at the end of the day, those of us with more energy may feel as though so much got done, but maybe something still didn't make the list that we had in mind. But the important thing is that we do those things that really needed to get done that day. And uh, these are great days, uh, Wednesday the 28th, Thursday, the 29th, to work on things, especially things that have to do with anything therapeutic, health, um, really deep relationships, um, things that have to do with finances, things that have to do with, even though this may not sound very sexy to everybody, but things that have to do with financial planning. So that means budgets, wills, um, if you have children, how you provide, uh, discussions with people perhaps on collaborative efforts on how to be supportive with each other financially, therapeutically, spiritually, emotionally. And yes, it can also be a, it can be a romantic and deeply connective day, Um, not necessarily just for a sexual partner, but for someone with which there's a real meeting of the minds, the soul, those deep emotional exchanges. And really, really strong day for making commitments. So if somebody says to you, you know, I'd I'd like you to be the person who heads this team or I want to travel with you through Europe or will you marry me? These are things that come from the absolute core, deepest part of a person on this day. And so we may feel this on this day and to some degree the next day as well, the 29th. And so you may feel some deep-rooted resonance that comes through you, the sense of this is why I'm here. You may choose to articulate it. You may not. But it's there is so much energetically available to us on these days to come into profound revelation, even if we don't quite know everything that means. I, I mean, one thing I'm thinking of is I had uh, I had some deep dreams last night, and I've been working on processing them a lot of the morning. It keeps coming back to me, some of these images, and I work with dreams a lot, but it's that kind of revelatory energy where something's coming in and you know you don't want to miss it. It's 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 telling you something important. So it's it's valuable to give 
time to whatever that may be in whatever way you can and to make a commitment to what that is, either through another person or group of people or to yourself. So that's Wednesday and Thursday. Thursday the is a little more of a challenging day, especially towards the late afternoon, especially for people who have Venus uh, moon challenges in their horoscope. It's, it's asking us to really understand the difference between our wants and needs. What is it you desire that you don't think is obtainable because you are too focused on survival or what you think you need? And if that just seems like your reality it still is valuable to recognize what that desire is and put some sort of intention or possibility that that might be more something that you can bring in your life than you you presume. And so it can be useful to put up a picture or something that really gives you a visual of what that might look like. It, it, it might be a picture of you in absolute happiness when you were a child or another point in your life when everything just seemed amazing. Or it may be an image of the, the thing itself or what it is you're, you're aiming for, you want to obtain. But it's really valuable to recognize, validate, that desire, that, that longing, and to honor the possibility of its manifesting, even if your logical brain or your I should be grateful for what I have brain is telling you there's no way you're going to get it. Because you really don't know. That's the thing with we humans. We limit ourselves so much because, not all of us, but those of us who do, we limit ourselves because we think that what we obtain or what we bring in has to be of our own making. And when we consider the possibilities that there are other ways things come into our life other than what it is we do, then anything's possible. So on Thursday, the 29th, um, the other thing I want to mention is in the early evening, uh, early evening around, well, it depends where you are, but just overall, I'd, I'd say really be aware of where you are in space, pay attention to what's around you. We have another one of these Uranus pictures that means some people will be moving very fast, responding to something going on emotionally or just this spontaneous combustion thing. And you just want to be sure you know where you are and where the other people are when this kind of movement is occurring. It can also bring in inspiration and ideas. Uh, some people may be very short-tempered, um, have to work through some anger things. And the other thing that uh, 
people who've listened to me while a while have heard me say is that anger is a motivator. When we allow anger to present itself and we process through it, it can also motivate us and encourage us to take action. And so this can be very valuable information. And it you some of us may feel angry in our dreams. We may be working that out in that way. The piece that I find very interesting about, especially looking at the Eastern time zone where the picture's occurring between Moon Mars, it actually happens 12.05 a.m., which spills into Friday the 30th. So some people will be sleeping other people will be doing whatever it is they do in the evening. And if that is who you are and what you do, then for some of us, this can be a very active wee hours of Friday the 30th. Uh, a lot of things getting done. Um, other people, I, I would suggest, wake up early on Friday the 30th. See what comes in. Maybe in the dreamscape, you got some information or uh, as you sit down to do some work, maybe something comes through, you get in a, a piece of inspiration or information, but it can be a highly productive morning. So utilize it, make, make it happen. The moon goes for it, of course, at 1020 a.m., and then it enters Sag at 10.59 a.m. Now, this is an interesting uh, segue because what's going on is the high productivity is actually before that moon goes void, of course. Once the moon enters Sag and it's in a fire sign, we may think we're being amazingly productive. But Neptune is going retrograde, and so we may get into that rabbit hole of productivity, which is really letting us know this weekend is much, much more about being in nature, uh, opening yourself up to inspiration, meditating, dancing, uh, being in the arts, swimming, doing things that just open up your soul. And so ideally, that's what many of you will be able to do if you're on a work assignment and have deadlines and it's very dry, then give yourself refreshment when you can find it. Uh, hydrate, allow yourself a sense of drift when you can find it, because that's really what we want to do this weekend. We want to drift and dream and open ourselves up to possibility. And this may be, for, it, it may be, depending on what's going on, it may be a, a little overwhelming because honestly, when we touch into that void, it's big and we may feel very inconsequential. But the important thing to know is that each one of us is part of the whole. And yet our journey is very singular. So with that paradox, I invite you to enjoy the weekend. The moon goes void, of course, at 9.33 a.m. on Sunday the 2nd. 
and it enters Capricorn at 1.20 p.m. And this is when we can roll up our sleeves and put things together and fill in all the cracks that we need to and get our heads on straight for the work week ahead because at that point in time is high productivity, high um, manifestation. And now I turn it over to Susie. Thank you so much. And I'm going to reveal a secret <laughs> that, um, well, of course, everyone must know that we pre-record these sessions because we're doing it for the week ahead. And sometimes when Pam and I are traveling and doing things, we record a couple of weeks ahead, which is always great because I get to know a little bit about a few weeks ahead rather than just the week ahead. And um, this week I am traveling to Peru with a group of um, retreatants. And it is so wonderful to hear that it is the perfect timing to be expansive and um, I hope to bring back some of that incredible energy from our meditations in the sacred places when we um, come back to recording. So I'll let you know. And right now I'm just coming off a 12-day retreat with His Holiness Asaka Trichin, who is the head of the Tibetan uh, lineage, the Sakya uh, school. And it has been an exceptional and extraordinary uh, time of teachings. And hopefully some of that energy comes out in the meditations that I'm doing with you all. So I'm sure some of you are a little bit sensitive to how the meditations are always a bit different. And um, believe me, they come straight out of my mouth spontaneously each time and, um, and coming out of my experience in the world and all the different incredible teachings that I have had the, um, the blessings to receive. So, Pan, that's okay. I just think I need to just give a little bit of explanation sometimes about where we're coming at with the meditations as they also um, touch on the, the, uh, the week ahead and the astrology of the week Absolutely. ahead. I was thinking about your trip as I was reading it out. I was thinking, oh, yeah, that's why I told her this would be a good time. <laughs> so Perfect <it's> timing. <laughs> and not just for me, but for everyone in our group. And, of course, if you'd like to join me on one of my mostly annual pilgrimages to the Sacred Valley then uh, in Peru in the Andes Mountains, then please reach out. Okay, so I'm going to go into our meditation. So I invite everyone to take a position of quiet, a position of stillness, and just take a few deeper breaths and allow yourself to relax. And when we say relax, allow the body to relax, but still hold that position of comfort, of strength, of awareness. So meditation isn't about drifting off and going to sleep, and it does maybe take some training to find that place of before going to sleep. But it is a place of being completely present and completely aware 
at the same time, but also being very peaceful and relaxed. And for most of us, finding that in our mind is extremely difficult. There's there's a reason why the meditation teachers, especially in, in the Tibetan lineages that I study with, call it the monkey mind because it just keeps jumping from branch to branch and busy, 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 busy. So what we're trying to do, what we are aiming to do rather in our meditation is to just allow the mind to calm down and to literally chill out for a few moments if we can extend that for longer periods. And we know from all of the testing and scientific experimentation that's done on the brains, on the physical bodies, on the blood, on the breath rate, on the um, all sorts of very detailed parts of our physiology. We know from this that meditation and the clearing of the mind, I like to think of it as the neutralizing of the mind, has a dramatic effect on our physical body. Our immune system starts to boot up. Our our anti-aging system boots up. So our health increases. Everything that we do in meditation is very, very beneficial, not only for the mind, but for the body and for our longevity. Even if we can do it just for a few moments in the morning, in the evening, start with a few minutes, two minutes, if it's too crazy, 30 seconds, and just each day attempt to extend that time a little bit. Aim to get to at least 20 minutes. And if you have the time in your life and if you have the ability, make it longer. Think of it as medicine, medicine for your soul, medicine for your heart, medicine for your mind, medicine for your well-being, knowing that your well-being then vibrates, radiates, ripples out to the people around you. So your meditation practice will affect the people living in your home, the people that you work with, the animals, even the plants. And it ripples out, not just to those that are actually in physical contact with you, but it ripples out into the rest of the world because it's just a vibration and our world is built, our world is made of vibrations. If we look at any physical object, those are vibrations. Even our feelings are vibrations. Even our thoughts are vibrations, things invisible and visible. And when we do this meditation, all we're doing 
is simply being still, opening up the mind so we're not focused on one particular racing thought, but we're just allowing for space, allowing for ultimate space, and we are being still, completely still. And in that stillness, all of these good things happen. And one of the ways that we can begin to work on this stillness of the mind is to just visualize ourselves as space. This is a way of just using our brain to visualize ourselves as emptiness, as space. And in a very quantum physics kind of way, we are just space. So just find that space within yourself, the space within the blood cells, the space within the atoms, the space inside the atoms between all the elements. And just keep going down on that very, very microscopic level. And you will find there is actually nothing there but space. And scientists today, and then the ancient uh, philosophers have also said the same thing, that, that what we see is literally only appearing for a tiny, 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 tiny part of a second, and then it also disappears into space. So on one particular level of this reality, we actually don't even exist. Go to that place just for a few moments in your meditation where there is no existence, where there is only the purity of your mind, but where your mind is not attached to anything, to any thought, any idea, not this or that, there is complete neutrality, open space. You are pure awareness, awareness that is not making a choice of I like this or I like that or this is green and this is red, nothing at all. Just awareness, pure, open awareness that is unbounded, unlimited. Feeling that absolute clarity as well.
and holding this openness. We don't leave it there in the meditation space. We bring it with us. We allow this to be the background upon which we function in this human world. We allow this openness, this neutrality to come with us, to come back with us into our regular conventional human lives. And we allow this to inform us and to help us lead more peaceful, less judgmental, less opinionated. Come back into this open space where there is compassion and understanding and great peace. And gently we open our eyes, we take a deeper breath, using this open space as our platform. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you so much, Pam, and see you all next week. You have been listening to Susie Mazzoli and Pamela Cuccinell of Active Spirituality dot life. If you've enjoyed this program, consider a donation. You can find the link for that, activespirituality.life. Regardless, we look forward to having you join us again for next week's podcast. Please share and have a great week.